the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program was pre-recorded, and the views expressed do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. We don't need no education. We don't need no Welcome to Education Nation, where we tackle the biggest issues in American education. School is now in session. Here are your hosts, Headmaster Rebecca Hagstrom and co-host Mark Durkin. Well, good evening and thank you for joining us here on Education Nation. I'm your headmaster and host, Rebecca Hagstrom, and it's a privilege to join you every Saturday evening here on AM 1280 The Patriot. And of course, I'm joined in studio once again by the producer of Education Nation and my co-host, Mark Durkin. And another good evening to you, Rebecca. Yes, nice to see you, Mark. And of course, here in Minnesota, there's been much concern over the state's persistent achievement gaps between white and non-white students. And this has been an ongoing conversation for years. Yes, and we've covered this also in many different avenues uh, over the last couple of months. And according to data released in April by the Minnesota Department of Education, high school graduation rates continue to rise. In fact, the state's overall graduation rate in 2018 was 83.2%, with more than 55,800 students receiving their diplomas and moving on to either post-secondary secondary education opportunities or careers. These numbers, they set the state's highest graduation rate on record. But (laughs) we know that there is a lot of information underlying that statistic. That is. Mm -hmm. And we're going to be taking a look at that and some numbers that would seem to contradict that overall yes, number. Yes, or at least contradict whether those students should have been allowed to graduate. That's right, all about standards. <laughs> right. But despite the increase in the number of students graduating, significant gaps do remain between white students and students of color. Well, tonight we'll examine the trends in Minnesota education from 2014 to 18. And how are Minnesota students performing in math and reading? Are the results from the Minnesota Comprehensive Assessment Tests echoing the increase in graduation rates that we see across the state? Well, over the next half hour, we're going to take a look at those results found in the Department of Education's online Minnesota report card. Mm -hmm. And this is something that any person can access. You can just go ahead and Google Department of Education Minnesota report card, and you can even check out individual schools and that type of thing. Um, But, you know, this whole idea of increasing graduation rates has been an important component of the educational conversation. And yet um, to see it increase so quickly over a very short period of time should should be a red flag to any astute listener um, or observer of education. And um, again, we want kids graduating. Of course we do. But we want them recognize or we want them truly being prepared for whatever they face after they graduate from high school. We don't want to just arbitrarily change the rules and allow them to graduate when they're really unprepared to graduate because that's doing them a disservice too. And then ultimately that's doing our society a disservice. Yes, it's a domino effect. Exactly. Sure. So we really have to look at the scores to um, take a look at why this, in, uh, not why, but but is it a valid 
uh, increase in and the And to start asking measure. the deeper questions, too. Exactly. If the numbers are so polar opposite, what exactly is going on yeah. in the classroom in terms of curriculum that are propping up these graduation mm-hmm, rates? Mm-hmm. Well, according to the Department of Education Commissioner Mary Catherine Ricker, rising graduation rates may be due in part to school districts creating more pathways to success. And that's a good thing. Offering options such as online school, alternative programs for kids who struggle in the traditional educational system, and courses to earn high school and college credits at the same time. In other words, providing many different pathways. And one of the things that we wanted to point out is um, in her making that statement, there's really an acknowledgement that school choice is an important issue in education. And um, I hope that Mary Catherine Ricker will will take that to heart and not just want to limit it to what can be done within that public school realm, but yes. take a look at some of the charter schools, take a look at the private schools and what they can offer students and recognize that while there is not one one pathway, um, some of these other pathways that she's maybe not mentioning are important options for students to increase the graduation rate as well. Absolutely. And as they're being spoken about more and more from families across the state, hopefully that there will be an attentive ear to yes. some of those requests. Yes, I know. There was actually, uh, there's a group um, called, um, let's see, Opportunity for All Kids that is working on trying to get legislation through and actually has been trying to get legislation through the last few years um, to provide tax credits to businesses and individuals where they would put money into a fund which then families who meet certain uh, financial criteria can apply to receive those funds so that they can take that money and use it for private school tuition. Absolutely. And this is a great way to provide education options for students in Minnesota. And we look when we look at the MCA test scores, um, a lot of these private schools are doing much better than the public school cohort or right. their cohorts. So and it's important to mention too; those dollars are not being taken from public school right. districts, and they're you know they're not touching the public tax dollar. Exactly, they? they're not vouchers, and that's one of the things that uh, many on the left try to equate them with vouchers, but they are not vouchers. So I'm glad to hear Mary Catherine Ricker talking about school choice. I I hope she expands that conversation. Um, but one of the state's highest educational priorities to support students to reach graduation involves eliminating disparities that are predictable based upon race, ethnicity, and income level. And, of course, that's much easier said than done. Yes. Um, and it is a very real issue that we do need to be addressing. I think the question is, how do we address it and how do we make sure that we're successful? Okay. And the state, too, has accountability and supports in place for struggling high schools. And, in fact, the state's plan under the Every Student Succeeds Act was approved by the U.S. Department of Education back in January of 2018. And just as a refresher for our listeners, in that plan, the state set an ambitious goal by 2020 that 90 percent of Minnesota students, 90 percent. Yeah, that's incredible. It's only one year away. <laughs> yeah, lots of work to be done. Yeah. Will graduate in four years and no single student group's graduation rate will be below 85 yeah. percent. So according to the Minnesota Department of Education, this goal reflects the state's strong commitment to equity and ensuring every Minnesota student receives a high school diploma and is bolstered by the state's plan to identify for support any public high school with a four-year graduation rate that is currently below 67% overall as or for any student mm-hmm. group for that matter. Which, again, you know, th- this this was the plan that was just approved in January of 2018. Yeah. So they had two years to increase the graduation rate by about 30%. 
um, across the state. And that's that's mind boggling that it they is. think that they could do that. And it's a little bit surprising that the U.S. Department of Education would even approve that um, because it seems such a lofty goal that it would be very difficult to reach and achieve in two years. Um, but that being said, and really only one and a half academic years. Um, but that being said, you know, one of the things that we've talked about on the show before, Mark, we've had some parents in from YZ who talked a lot yes. about equity grading. Yes. Well, I do believe that a lot of that equity grading is tying into these graduation rate goals because what the, what the equity grading is doing is essentially equal, kind of providing equal playing field for students of all backgrounds. So if you remember, they had a five point system for grades. So if a student got three wrong out of 20, they might get a score of three. Right. Um, but a student right next to them who maybe got 10 wrong out of 20 also was getting a score of three. Yes. And so while that seems absolutely contradictory in our minds and, and makes no sense, um, they justify this by saying that the student that got 10 wrong is maybe achieving what is possible for them right. versus the student that got three wrong and still only got a three. Um, they had more more ability. So if you if you use that kind of grading... I can see where the graduation rate is going to improve very dramatically, very quickly, because you're basically eliminating the actual gap arbitrarily and artificially. And therefore, you're going to see graduation increases very quickly. Right. And, you know, to be honest with you, too, Rebecca, I think this has been going on for a long time. My parents and I were talking just last week. My younger brother in 1987 was in middle school. Mm -hmm. He could not identify a noun or subject or verb, and could not spell. His teachers in middle school gave him a B-plus for English. What? This has been, wow. and my parents, I remember yeah. being at the school, they wanted to have him held back yeah. because they knew he, he wasn't ready to move on to the next grade, yeah. and they just, they gave them a very yeah. hard time in Interesting. pulling back. They wanted Great to move inflation. Yeah. And that now, and now it's a little bit more subversive, right? You could, right. You could figure that out. Your parents could look at the report card and say, B-plus, and he doesn't know his nouns and things. Right. Now, those, those letters or those numbers get translated into letters on the report card, parents really don't know how those letters are actually being determined. And that was part of the complaint of these parents that we brought in from Wyzetta. So this is really, you know, an important topic for conversation because we ultimately we want kids who are graduating from high school to truly be prepared. That's right. Um, We don't want it to be arbitrary. Absolutely. So, all right. Well, we're going to examine some of these graduation rates among different people groups. And what is a graduation rate? Well, in 2012, Minnesota began using the federally required adjusted cohort graduation rate model. Students are followed in a group or a cohort throughout high school, and it determines if they graduate within four, five, six, or seven years. And of course, each each cohort is different. The four-year graduation rate shows the number of students graduating from high school within four years after entering the ninth grade. Students that moved into the school are added into the final rate configuration while removing students who moved away. So this adjusted number represents the total number of students who are eligible to graduate. And then the actual graduation rate is determined by dividing the total number of students who actually graduated by the number of those who are eligible to graduate. Okay, so just to try to make that clear as to what this number really represents. Um, So the statewide graduation rate from 2014 to 2018, um, again, all people groups combined, as we've said, has gone up 
um, from 81.4% statewide to 83.2% statewide in four years or five years. Mm -hmm. A little bit of an increase. And this is, again, overall. But what they were really looking to change is um, the the black, African-American, Hispanic, those traditionally lower graduating groups of students that they were really trying to increase To raise those numbers, exactly. And so what happens when we begin, though, to examine the graduation rates of these single student groups? Mm -hmm. Well, remember, the state's goal starting in 2020 is for 90% of Minnesota high school students to graduate in four years and to make sure that no group is below a graduation rate of 85%. So it's important to keep those numbers in mind as we begin to uh, dissect and look at, at some of these results from the report card. Well, when we look at the statewide graduation rate from 2014 to 18 uh, amongst black or African-American students, in 2014, there was a graduation rate of 60.2%. A little more than 3,600 students uh, were were counted in that four-year graduation Mm -hmm. period. Fast forward to 2018, and that number has moved up to 67%. Point four percent. That is a seven point two percent increase in Mm -hmm. just four years. Mm -hmm. So once again, looking at what does that really represent? We want to celebrate that if it represents good things, but when we start looking at the test scores, we're realizing that it it may not represent um, actual improvement in the education rate of the students. Absolutely. And and amongst uh, Hispanic or Latino students as well, in terms of statewide graduation rate in that same four-year window, in 2014, the graduation rate amongst this uh, student group was 63.2%. Again, fast-forwarding to 2018, that number jumps to 66.8%, a little bit more than a three and a half percentage mm-hmm. point bump in four mm-hmm. years. So not quite as much of an increase for the Hispanic and Latino group as there was for the black and African American group, but still nonetheless a significant increase in the five-year period. And then if you take a look at the American Indian or Alaskan Native Um, What you see is a similar trend. You see a change from 48.2% of overall graduation rate for that group of students in 2014 to 51% um, in 2018. So again, just about 3% increase in that group as well. And of course, there's probably fewer uh, students in that category. And so that number is going to be a little bit skewed by the fact that there's fewer students. Mm -hmm. Um, And then if you look at the Asian rate of graduation, um, theirs increased as well from 82.4. So started at a much higher level overall. And we know this consistently that uh, though there is a gap between whites and African-American and white and Hispanic, the Asian often outperform the white students. Um, and in this case, their graduation rate was uh, 82.4 percent in 2014 and did increase to 86.6 percent in um, 2018 as well. And what's interesting about that, too, is that, you know, oftentimes when we hear about the achievement gaps, it's always between white students and non-white students. But we never hear Asians mentioned right. in that statement. Right. As well, too. That's because they don't fit the. <laughs> Right. They don't fit the the conversation. Right, right. Had to mention. <laughs> yes. So uh, you mentioned, yes, I mean, Asian graduation rates uh, from the low to the mid-80s uh, consistently over the course of that five-year window. Mm-hmm. And then when we look at white students and their graduation rate, rather, over that time period, in 2014, there was a graduation rate of 86.5%. And again, if we fast forward to 2018, 
that has bumped up to 88.4%, which mm-hmm. is a little less than 2%, and it is mm-hmm. the smallest margin of graduation growth amongst right. all the people. Groups. Right, right, exactly. And in some respects, that would be expected just because it's already a higher rate, and mm-hmm. so there's not as much room to right. be able to improve, um, right. but but still an improvement there. Mm-hmm. So, you know, um, again, it sounds good. Right, because we want to hear that more kids are graduating. I yes. mean, how many often, how many times have I come on this show and talked about the fact that Minneapolis, the graduation rate in um, the Minneapolis public schools is so low, and particularly for Black and Hispanic students. And so, um, we want to hear good news, yes. but we want it to be real good right, to news, to be accurate, yes, and truly to represent supportive um, hope for these kids' future, rather than just we're running them through the system in a different way so that it looks good. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Well, from the charts, you know, we can see that these graduation rates, they are trending up each year. However, if you have a close examination of the online assessments, this this paints really a very different picture. And, you know, tonight we want to take a look at how individual student groups are trending on the MCA3 tests. Uh, This is known as the Minnesota Comprehensive Assessments, and they are taken by Minnesota students, which give parents, educators, administrators, and state education officials an indication as to how students are performing in math, reading, and science. And this allows overall an accurate assessment of how students are truly performing. It gives us a better picture of that. So mm-hmm. uh, tonight, you know, just for the sake of time, let's we're going to go ahead and take a look at the results of all of those that have tested mm-hmm. on the math and the reading assessments. Mm-hmm. And so again, we we start off with the statewide results. That's how we begin right. on the graduation mm-hmm. rates. We'll do the same for the MCAs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And for the subject of math, just starting with the subject of math, all grades, and that would include grades three through eight and 11th grade. The 11th grade students would be the last ones to test on the mm-hmm. math assessment for the MCAs. And in 2014, there was a 61.4% proficiency mm-hmm. of passing for all students that, uh, that, that took this test in 2014. Fast forwarding to 2018, those numbers have dropped mm-hmm. to 57%. Thus, our concern about what that graduation rate really represents, because right. that's a significant drop. That's yeah. actually, uh, let's see, what about four, um, four and a half percentage points? And that's a big, again, a very, very big drop. But here's what's really distressing about that, too. If you look at the assessments that were just given to the 11th graders Mm -hmm. alone in that time period, so these are the ones that are the closest to graduation, Mm -hmm. their proficiency percentages statewide have dropped from 50.6 to 47.1. That's three Mm -hmm. and a half percentage Mm -hmm. points just in the 11th grade alone. 11th grade alone. And they're the ones that are obviously the closest to graduating. Graduation, right. <laughs> so uh, they're the ones that we would be most concerned about because there's no time to actually make up for that loss. Yes. Um, yeah, you are listening to Education Nation's radio with Rebecca Hegstrom and Mark Durkin. AM 1280, the Patriot. AM 1280, the Patriot. Yes. And um, we are looking forward to continuing this conversation with our listeners regarding Um, test scores in Minnesota, the MCAs, and how they relate to the graduation rates as well. Right. And Um, if we, uh, you know, take it a a step further, and we'll start to look at these individual selection groups again. And so we just looked at the statewide numbers. But when we look at the math results for all grades on the MCA tests for black or African-American students, in 2014, the percentage of proficiency 
was at 32%. Mm, which is already incredibly very low. low and yes. very concerning. Yes, yes. And, and, and then you fast forward to 2018, and from uh, that time, from 14 to 18, there was a continual drop each year. In 2018, it had dropped to 27.8%. And then we're talking a little more than 4%, 4.2%. That is so frightening. Right. And remember, graduation rate was up 7.2% yes. in that window. Yes. And that's that's why we're sounding this horn, because this is obviously reflecting a downturn in the academic preparation for life, and yet the graduation rate is increasing. And so that can only mean one thing, and that is that there are more students graduating that are unprepared than what we're graduating before. Right. And that is not, that's not acceptable. That's unacceptable for a society, and it's certainly not acceptable for the individual students themselves. Right. And, um, now that's the overall numbers. Now, if you look at the 11th grade students, mm-hmm. okay, of African American students, over that five year window, their proficiency rates have dropped from 18.8 to 17.7%. So it seems like the lower, you know, the higher mm-hmm. grades, grades three through eight, the younger kids, are carrying the day, but what's happening is they get to the 11th grade where the numbers are even below 20%. Oh my, that's just, it is really appalling, Mark, and mm-hmm. so concerning. And again, kind of harkens back to the importance of school choice. You know, we need to be getting these kids opportunities to learn. And if it's not happening in their own school, there needs to be opportunity for those parents yes. to move those kids out of that school and into other higher performing schools. Um, Yes, and then if we take a look at math for all grades with respect to Asian students, um, the number is higher. They had 59% proficiency on the MCA math tests, um, and but then again, the decrease by 2018, it was down to 56.1%. And so we continue to see this decrease even in the Asian students and even in the white students. So started out with 68.9% um, proficiency on the math MCA tests in 2014. And by 2018, it had dropped two percentage points to 66.4%. Mm-hmm. And so we have to, again, take a look at curriculum here. Um, 2014 is when Common Core was instituted um, across the states that had accepted it. And while Minnesota did not actually accept the math standards through the Common Core, they ended up accepting them by default because a lot of the textbooks changed. A lot of the districts accepted those new textbooks. If you talk to families who have their children in the public schools, almost exclusively they're doing Common Core math. And therefore, though we didn't accept the Common Core standards, they have become the standard for math in Minnesota. And we we know that Common Core math is confusing for kids, especially in those lower school years. And it doesn't set them up with the foundation of knowledge that they need to perform well in those more advanced math classes, which may explain why we see those numbers deteriorate as they reach the 11th grade. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's important for our listeners to know that I I firmly believe that a lot of these math results are due to the Common Core math having permeated um, most of our public schools and even most of our private schools today, too. Mm -hmm. Um, So a concern all around. We want to be looking at what curriculums actually work, and we want to be looking at what schools actually work. Yes, and and, and then we can also take a look at the reading assessment portion 
of the Minnesota Comprehensive Assessments, and they do indicate an increased percentages in proficiencies, but yet there's still a considerable achievement gap uh, that exists uh, between white and non-white students. But also, if you look at the increases, the increases are rather marginal, and they are still far below what the 85% mm-hmm. uh, goal is in right. terms of graduation rate. Right. So, and we'll yeah. just go through these quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, when you look at um, these MCA tests for reading in that five-year window, uh, statewide, the percent proficiency in 2014 was 59.1%. Up to 2018, it's 59.8%, less than a percentage point of growth mm-hmm. uh, across mm-hmm. the state. And when we look at black or African-American students, that proficiency has increased from 31.6 in 2014 uh, all the way to 33.7% in 2018. Again, a very marginal growth in not growing at a fast enough rate to meet what the state uh, has designated for. Well, and again, think about this, 33.7% proficient amongst uh, black black or African-American students. That is not preparation for the future. That is not going to give them the tools they need to be successful in life. And we have to have compassion for these students, and we need to provide an opportunity where they're really going to get the educational tools that they need to be successful because these kids can perform. They can. They need to be given the right set of tools, the right opportunity, the right curriculum, the right teaching um, the right support, and they can be successful. Yes. So again, uh, if we look at Hispanic and Latino students, um, a little higher than the Black and African American, but still low in the sense that we we don't believe that they are prepared for their future. Um, their proficiency ratings were at thirty five point six for reading in two thousand fourteen, and went up to thirty eight percent for reading in two thousand eighteen. So again, an increase, but. Um, still at such low numbers that we are concerned for this student population um, for the long term. Asians went up by 50% to 54% in five years um, in their reading proficiency. And uh, if you take a look at the white and um, African white students from 2014 to 2018, they gained about two percentage points going from 66 to 68. Um, in their reading proficiency. So again, you see the white and Asian students performing at the highest level. Um, but what is most important about this information today that we really want our listeners to gain mm-hmm. is that the graduation rates are increasing. The goal for graduation rates is 90% for the state of Minnesota in one year's time. And yet we have math and reading proficiency scores in the 20s and 30%. Right. That is not an equation for success. No. And it certainly doesn't give good reason for graduation. Um, and we, we want to have compassion on these kids and provide them the tools that they need so that they can be successful. Right. Absolutely. And I think if you also look to, uh, there are members of public school districts across the country and even in Congress that recognize the need to give their children more opportunity mm-hmm. that's going to meet their educational needs. Just real quickly, looking at an article from 2013 written by uh, a gentleman named Mark Perry from mm-hmm. AEI.org. Uh, he said, why do public school teachers send their own children to private schools at a rate of two times the national average? Public school teachers in uh, bigger cities like Chicago, 39% of them enroll their own children in private schools more than three times the national average. Wow. And in New York, 33% enroll their own children in private schools. And then if you look at members of Congress, back in 2013, 33 to 44% enroll their children in private schools 
three to four times mm-hmm. the national mm-hmm. average. So if, if they recognize these disparities, we all need to recognize and acknowledge these disparities and give people the option to send their kids to private schools if they want to do that while we work on what works in right. the public schools. We want to protect those those schools as well. All right. Thank you so much for joining us here on Education Nation. If you want to listen to this podcast or other podcasts, go to ednationmn.org.